Motown Rundown. Today is Monday, September 12th. Uh, now we're back on track. If you're a Motown Rundown fan, I don't know how many of there are, how many of you are out there. Take it easy, Rams. This is the best time of year to be a Motown Rundown fan. Lion season is in full swing. We have two weeks of college football on the books. We are recording during the Monday night football game, but for all intents and purposes, week one of the NFL season is in the books. So for the next 17 to 18 weeks, barring any unforeseen circumstances, you're getting a new episode every week, hopefully on Tuesday morning, unless something catastrophic goes wrong. So it's a great time to be alive. What a beautiful day today in the state of Michigan, by the way. Fall is fall is here. I am I'm making that declaration right now. Um, but yeah, here we are. Football's in full swing. How are we feeling? I'm gonna be What's honest, Rabs. I'm hoping I'm hoping for like one more week of like maybe two more weeks of warm weather because I bought a new Michigan State polo and then mm-hmm. for the striped stadium, I couldn't wear it. Yeah, me neither. So I'm still, I, I want to get a game out of it, you know. That's a very good that's a very good uh talking point there. And it's very important too, because there is a certain level of like you have to time your outfits out properly for the Michigan State tailgates. Like for example, as you said, stripe the stadium, I was wearing white. And I don't have any Michigan State white, but I do have my Cassius Winston jersey that I purchased from a foreign website. So, like, that was the game to wear it because it was hot that day. This last Saturday was was pretty warm out, too. But that's not a th- – you can't pull that off in October, you know. So that's an outfit that you can, boom, knock it off right away. I have yet to wear one of my three or four Michigan State polos. So I think next week or two weeks from now against Minnesota, I think that's when it comes out. So very important. That's key. I don't know. I think it might be chilly, though, by then. That's the thing. Well, we never know. This upcoming week, dude, like Friday through Wednesday, I'm looking at my weather app here, 80, 85, 85, 86, 87. It's going to be hot. It's getting Global warming. It's global warming. Yeah, climate change, whatever. Whatever (laughs) you – however you want to justify it. What's going on, Trent? Life is good, man. Life is good. What a fun weekend. What a fun weekend, indeed. It's all Trent on the TV. How did you not see yeah. me? I was Wait, standing okay. right next well, to Well, I him. could literally – they did like one of those because we're – what section are you in, Trent? But I, I, you were, Trent directly looks down from the end zone, basically. Yes. So he's jumping up and down, and I see the white 91 T Balgers going <laughs> up and down. And he's jumping up. It was right before kickoff, and I was like, oh, Trent. And I started giggling to myself. But, yeah, Trent, you look great. You're getting hyped. Dude, there was there was, was purple Lamborghini bumping. No. no, they they don't do that anymore. It's stupid. They do this. Uh, ex- I actually did like that Eminem song they played this year. They did. They they switched it up last year. It was some like last three years. It's been like this Kid Rock, Seven Nation Army, Eminem mashup. But yeah, I think 2017 was the purple Lamborghini year. That was awesome. I, I they did I, it for like four years. Yeah, I that's a great song. I listened one. to that on the way to the stadium. Yeah, the Skrillex. All yeah. all that I see, all that I see in my head when I shut my eyes and think of purple Lamborghinis, like Eric Ebron head bumping out on the sideline, like as he's warming up. It's great. Hate that terrible visual, but yeah, Trent. <laughs> Ebron Trent, wasn't that bad. I thought. Ugh, don't want to get into it. Trent and I were in attendance at Ford Field. The entire Bally family was there. Mr. Bally, Mrs. Bally, Miles, Miles' girlfriend. Rock was there. Tino was there. 
front of the. I've only had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Valley one time, and it was at that Tigers game, Trent. Oh my gosh, your dad is a ray of energy, dude. <laughs> the guy, I was like, I met him for the first time. I'm like, this guy's awesome. I was like, this guy brings that. Yeah, well, Rabs, I don't think we ever told you the story. It's not even much of a story, but like it was, it was Miggy's three thousand day. And it's like the yep. seventh inning. And if you remember, the Tigers were up like 13 to one at that point or something. I literally, I was like making like uh, arrangements for the Tigers like playoffs at that day. It was such a great day. It was an awesome day. <laughs> but we go, we stop to take a bathroom break. All the guys go in. And my dad is the one that spots Collins. Like my dad's Collins! never, he's never met Collins. Brian Collins of the Motown rundown. Yeah. Yeah. He's seen him like in pictures. I was like, he goes, I think, I think your buddy Collins is here. And then I was like, oh, you got to stop him. Stop him outside. We got to get a pick. So we did. It was, <laughs> it was great. great. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I want to hear about the day, boys. Well, I I thought the crowd was the best that I've been in since. It was loud. You can I, hear yeah. it seemed loud. No, it would, dude, it was awesome. I mean, that people first were, drive, woo. all the way to the end, man, people were up for every third down on defense. It, it was it was great. And yes, the, fir- the first drive, the first drive was the best because, you know, the Lions come out of the gate and then they stop the Eagles right at midfield because, you know, what's his name? Sirianni wants to go for it. That was just that was awesome. It, the, the crowd was a factor. I don't know how many delay of games there were, but we yeah, we had a great time. It was a great tailgate because, the you know, it's still warm out. You're not freezing your ass off. Is it raining there, though? No, no. It, it, it was supposed to all week. And then I checked on Saturday night and it said no rain. Nice. A drop. It was it was great. I uh it's always a play. I mean, it's just I have never I never grew up doing the tailgating really anywhere, but I've never did it at Ford Field and before Lions games. And I mean, I think everyone and we talked about it, everyone kind of had this juice because you know, whatever, the hard knocks and year two of Dan Campbell and the roster gets a little better so you could i mean people were pumped up and it was a sold out crowd standing room only and i would like trent said i mean i think everything from like the pre-game video to the player intros to that first drive i mean after obviously the lions go down and score right away which it, like with ease which was phenomenal swift breaks the big run and then it was incredibly loud for that first eagles possession it is it is hard to keep people in the game for that long especially when there was a certain point where the game almost felt like slightly out of reach when they went up 17, maybe, but obviously they fought back and we'll get into all of it. But I will say though, to your point, Trent of everyone stand up on Brock Bally, who probably he would admit to you that he probably had one too many Miller lights, but when the crowd was not on their feet on third downs, he was letting everyone know. And like, I mean, just F bombs, just spitting fight. He was pissed. When, and, and there were a couple times where we caught Miles sleeping down a couple rows in front of us where he wasn't up on the third down. He was not having any of it. Yeah, but so it was that, loud, man. It was a great yeah. it was a great environment without without spoiling the analysis of the games, because obviously during the Lions season, that's really all we talk about until uh, the Wings and Pistons start here in a, in a couple of weeks to a month. So without getting into key, it, it was awesome. guys. I've been watching the Tigers more. I don't think I've now. watched an inning in months. I couldn't even tell. Torque? I don't even. Has Torque that's, not been good? Torque's been Trent, good. That's what it was. <laughs> I'm back on the Torque bandwagon. Here we go. Great. 2020 guy. <laughs> Exciting. No, but actually. <laughs> Excited I, to hear it. What's it called? It looked great. And 
I early season Lions games, I feel like every year it's the best. I mean, that's like every football. Say like the first game of the year, it's always like Michigan State games is like that too. It doesn't matter who Michigan State plays. First game of the year is always probably two or three most attended and like best atmosphere every single year at Michigan State. So it's just the same thing at Ford. And when Ford is bumping, like I there is no louder build like Ford and Breslin are the two loudest buildings I've ever been in. And then I'm trying to think of that. I mean, those are, I have a limited experience and stuff like that. Like Camp Randall, when I went there, it was kind of a lot. When they did the jump around, that was really cool. But, um, dude, the Cole Center is loud. I, it's like sneaky. I could see that. Purdue, when I went to Purdue, it's kind of weird because they're on top of you. It was, I wouldn't say it was loud, but like the student section is like right by your bench. So that was weird. Penn State was, you know what? Penn State was loud. When they do the, when they walk out, they're like, we are Penn State. I'm like, this is insane. Because their student <laughs> section is in the, their student section has end zone seats. It's like the sickest thing ever. They do it kind of like the is on where they give them the best seats for their yeah. student section, which is, but the I, Breslin and the Jim Schwartz, Jim Harbaugh game, the handshake game, or, I'm trying to think what Breslin game. The Purdue Michigan State game when they were both three and four and Bridges hit that shot. Yeah, that was, that was insane. I will also say Cassius Winston's senior day. I yeah, I can was, imagine that. And that's just I mean, they blew Ohio State out, but that was just like everyone was when they beat him the, Cassius' junior year too. My buddies who were in the Izzo and said it was out of control. Yeah, it was out of control. So I don't know. I love Ford Field. It's a great, great building. They did a nice job with that. Yeah, you should take that into account when you are deciding what your plans are next Sunday. More on that. I'm running a, it back. I'm running it back with Trent. I know. That's what he told me. You guys are going again. Yeah, so get down down there. We'll see, God. <laughs> my dude. That's, that's a no. <laughs> I just right. heard about this 10 minutes ago. Uh, You're acting like I'm blowing it off. No, I, no, no. I know. I didn't know the Lions, by the way, started three or four at home. I guess I should have paid attention more. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of early season tailgates. For for, for that purpose, it's nice, but, you know. Yeah. Also, though, it's not as bad because Ford Field's indoors, so you can freeze your ass off at the tailgate and go in and be fine. fine. Dude, I like when it's cold. I like when there's a chill in the air. That's when the real people come out. Yeah. That's, Those are yeah. my type of people. What's it called? What was the worst jersey you guys saw? Dude, oh, my Lions, God. Dude. Lions game is notorious for the worst jerseys in America. Okay, Rabs, you give yours and then I will. Well, Trent, I hope you're gonna you're gonna touch on your the you told me when we were walking out, you know the jersey I'm getting real sick of seeing. I hope you mentioned that too. Oh, the I worst will. jersey we actually got into a fight in my the group chat I had with me, my dad, and my uncles and one of my and my dad's cousin. We got into a fight because my dad sent a picture of the guy that wears the not since fifty seven jersey. And my uncle Steven and I were like why like what the like you're such a fucking loser why are you wearing a jersey like that and my dad didn't think it was a comment like a a commentary of how bad the team has been he thought it was like a historical lesson of like it's it's an accurate i I couldn't even describe what his argument was but (laughs) i just i mean like how big of a loser do you have to be to spend money on getting a jersey like that like not since like we get it, dude. Like you were probably alive in '57, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, but those guys, those years old, '57. Market for the last third, like 
ever since they were Waterford guys. Like they they open like those guys are ride or die. Yeah, not since I, I will tell you what's bad too, and I hope I don't steal this from Trent. And you guys know I'm a Stafford guy. The Rams Stafford jerseys, buddy. Don't even get me started. They I need lose my mind. They need to stop. The worst. It and was, some guy, some was. guy, when we were walking in, made a comment about it to a lady that was wearing a Ram Stafford jersey. And and dude, she, he was genuinely upset. He was, too. He was, he was like, <laughs> "Go to SoFi." He's like, "Go to SoFi and root for him." Like, That's what I would say too. What a don't bum. play here no more. That's my no. Trent, yeah, I I will say the Stafford Rams jerseys were a little, a little not, not it's, it's always even last year was bad. No, I'm saying they what were, are you talking about, Rabs? You were talking about buying one. I was talking about I I I did, that did is I tell so, you guys don't that I bought it. Like you didn't say that. You said that. I don't think that I said you know what? Maybe yeah, I did flirt did. with buying a Rams, but I wouldn't wear it to a Lions game. I would not wear it to a Lions game. I think game. you actually said the exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, find like, the I, I, I don't I don't believe that at all. But okay. well, I'm it. if if I can finish what I like, I was, Sorry, I was going yeah. I was going to agree with you guys. I just think it was a little more understandable and justifiable last year. Now that he's won a Super Bowl, I don't even root for him anymore. I was rooting for the Bills on Thursday. Come on. May or may have not may or may not have had money on the game and also Josh Allen's my fantasy quarterback. But no one cares about anyone else's fantasy team. Worst jersey I saw was definitely Najee Harris, the Steelers. This, oh my God, dude. This that, guy, this, yeah. this guy, this dude, he had like a pony, like a gross, greasy ponytail wearing a Najee Harris Steelers jersey, just putzing around in our section. He wasn't sitting down either. He was standing. He never sat down once. He was, he just, was standing. Just for the sake of talking to people behind him. He was standing. You, you get so many, you get so many random Steelers fans in Michigan. It's like that when I lived in Toledo. It's like that too, though. But I guess it makes a little more sense. Just Pittsburgh. I mean, he was wearing he was wearing a Lions hat. I and I'm not gonna rag. And, on okay, him. that guy has grounds to be sworn. Well, on. I don't get I'm it. Like, on. what is like? Is like Najee Harris on your fantasy team? Like, what is the angle? Like, there were people and there were people in Ford Field. Some guy was wearing a Joe Burrow jersey. And I turned around and looked at him, and I was hoping he was going to look at me when I was looking at him. Like that was great. I, I'll make I'll make comments out loud about stuff like that. And I look. Well, I, what's it called? To be fair, Rabs, if you are like a Cincinnati Bengals fan and you just have a ticket, like I would prefer you to wear that than just after your Lions fan. Well, I, there was also someone at the Michigan State game. There were two people wearing Notre Dame shirts at the Michigan State game. That, I was that at, will get your Saturday. ass beat. And the Saturday before that, the first game they were wearing, someone was wearing a Notre Dame shirt too. But nonetheless, I will put my hand up. Maybe Notre Dame prop. It's not. It was not Notre (laughs) Dame (laughs) prop. I will put my hand up and tell you guys that when I went to Gainesville to watch Tennessee play at Florida in the swamp, I was wearing a Michigan State polo. Conversation starter. Yeah, which and I wore it to the tailgates too, but I but there's just you're at the home opener for the Lions. Like, if you don't want to be there, I like we get it. You're you're not a fan of the team. Your team's playing also that day. Then stay home and watch the game. If that like, what? Why are you? Why are you at the Lions game? If that's the case, if you're a Bengals fan or a Steelers fan or whatever other fan of teams that you decided to wear your jersey and make it all about yourself, why are you here? What's the point? Like, what do you? If you really have no interest in the Lions. I don't get it, but whatever. The Rabs, real quick, the jersey that I'm sick of seeing. <laughs> yeah. is, and this is nothing against the guy, 
But listen, I am such a too much time has passed. I'm I'm a uniform buff where I like I know everyone's jersey number. I know what year the jerseys became the jerseys, like all this shit. Okay. Golden Tate. I am so sick of seeing Golden Tate jerseys in the new Lions uniform. He played six games in that uniform. That was the or I don't I I I just can't like there's a lot of them too. 15, Tate, the third. It's like he's not playing more than a year. I thought he played a year in those. He did. You're right. Now that I think about it, because he played 20. Because that Falcons game, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. I stand corrected. The, the The point remains. It has been too long. It'd be like if someone was still wearing a Reggie Bush jersey, or like, it's like I don't like the Reggie Bush jersey. <laughs> okay, but you, Reggie Bush I, wasn't like, bad, dude. He was a good lion. Okay, Collins. Let me let me let me give you a hypothetical. I have in my closet because I'm a psychopath. I have DeAndre Levy home and away jerseys. I have Joyke Bell home and away jerseys. Hell I have yeah. Jared Davis. I have Marvin Jones. If I were to wear any of those to the Lions game, while I have my personalized one, and I opt not to wear the personalized one, and I opt to wear one of these players from seven years ago, isn't that a little, like, what's wrong? I kind of love uh, – it shows the true blue Lions fan you are. If you're rocking a Jared Davis jersey, you truly have something wrong with you in a yeah. good way. I bought that in a good way. Jersey. That's a guy I want to sit down at the bar and have a beer with. That's why I was wearing the day, the day after he got drafted. I bought it because it was only 75 because he was a rookie. It was only $75 instead of a hundo. So I, I pulled the trigger. He was a good rookie. People forget. He was great under Caldwell. And then yeah. uh, fat in the hat came through. But Dude, how bad did they look on Sunday? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, and it, okay. I, 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 I guess you guys didn't get to watch. They looked brutal. Loser. Well, dude, I'm Miami could have won that game by like forty if Tua didn't stink. Yeah, I heard that too. Tua I'm, stinks, I'm, dude. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I, uh, anyone who says Tua's good does not watch the game. Tua non. Listen, the Lions can, the, the Dolphins can come on into Ford Field anytime. Luckily, they are coming. I don't know what week it was. We just did the schedule. They're, I mean, they're good yeah. objectively. I'm just saying, like the people are like, oh, Tua to be an elite quarterback. Like, eh, I, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's been – I agree. He's had plenty of time to show it and hasn't really shown it. But do you guys want to discuss, like, Rabs, how was the Michigan State game? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, well, we do it every week. So, quick Michigan State football, and then we can do, like, a fastest two minutes, like NFL at a glance type thing. Maybe we can – how about this? We'll kick around one thing from – I don't know. Everyone can share their thoughts on the NFL. I have have a thought about the Monday night game tonight I want to share, but Michigan State – I went there by myself. I went, I, I went to the game by myself. I rolled up at – I'm trying to think of my timeline. I got there at 2. I usually park at the Kellogg Center and Hotel. No parking available. I go all the way to Bailey Street. I park next to the playground. There was a toddler there in a Connor McDavid jersey, which was insane. But nonetheless, I walked Connor myself – Connor McDavid jersey. Yeah, it was hot outside too. But I walked myself from – um, I go from Bailey street to the woodshed. I walked right in. I was the first guy in the stadium. I got a hot dog. The hot dogs are ass. The times you get the there. I was in there. The game started at four. I was there at two 30. I was in the stadium <laughs> and I was just sitting in my seat baking in the sun. I didn't, I didn't stand up. My back was shot. I had a Gatorade. I had a popcorn. I had a hot dog and I just sat there and I just watched the 70 minutes on the clock tick all the way down to zero and I watched the first half in there, and then I left and went to the rib for the second half. And then I met up with my brother, and then I went home. But it was fine. I mean, 
I will say Spartan Stadium looked like it was pretty. I mean, it was packed despite Dude, the that fact place, that it was just Akron. I that place, I objectively, for someone who's been to so many games, there's very few games where that place is empty. I can name yeah, like on I one mean, hand, the student section was all the way up to the top and the top deck. Student section, I I guess they sold out of the student section, which I don't know. If it's possible to say forty thousand. They have like the biggest student section in the country. I think. Really, I did not. They know sell that at so. All. They sell. It's like them, Florida State, and someone else. They sell so many tickets to the student section, which is kind of stupid. I did not know me. that, but um, yeah, it was a it was a good day. It was a good day. They looked. I mean, what what am I supposed to say about the game against Akron? You know what yeah, I mean? No, no. Look like trash. How about that? I mean, the, the, here's the. This is my takeaway. I, I mean, I was impressed with the defense, nonetheless. Like, I, I'll tell you what, Kendall Brooks, thirty-three, plays safety. He was all over the field. Tremendous Good game story, out of him. Too. Tremendous game out of him. My biggest takeaway is just like the the offense lacks, just like rhythm and flow. It's just so like they just can't for whatever reason. And I, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I was watching the entirety of the second half. Like I watched every snap of the first half, but. Just not a lot of rhythm, flow, you know. Yeah, if you're a couple, like, deep balls that Thorne just misses. I was not impressed with Keon Coleman at all. I'm, like, waiting for him to show me something big time here. But I don't know. They're just there's, there's, They just can't seem to string a lot of big plays together and move the ball efficiently down the field. Granted, they put up 52 points, so it's like – but I just think when you look at the ones that were in the game together for the first half and – Maybe a quarter after that, I, I just wasn't all that impressed. So first of all, I don't, I, I don't understand like the narratives that are coming out of this game. It's like, oh, Peyton Thorne is he's throwing the ball too high and stuff like that. And Burger's really looked good. First of all, I think Broussard is better than Burger. I agree. That was another takeaway of mine. I think. Well, and I and this is not a runner. I think Burger's really good, but with the system Michigan State plays, I want to shift your running back when you're get, taking all these shotgun like read option looks you know what i mean like I, I i need a guy who is able to make that guy miss instead of more of a downhill guy like if we're running martin antonio's old system like yeah burger fits in perfectly and i think burger is good and he should get a lot of touches i'm not saying that i don't know there's been a lot of weird that um i think i i don't the defenses look good and they've like caused they've had good turnover luck i still don't like the steam i don't understand why they don't play more man they just give like five yards every, like, uh, and, and I, I don't think it's like last year where they're trying to protect their secondary. I get they have injuries and stuff, but like, like you said, Raps, Kendall Brooks looked good. He can run. Yeah, he, he's he a can playmaker. really run. Yeah, I, I he they might have found her, and the last that full situation. I don't know if Henderson's. I doubt Henderson's back this week. So then you're gonna see Brooks. Again, um, I don't know. I just that's a scheme. I don't. I I think they have good enough players where they could be more aggressive. And I, and then at the quarterback, I I think Thorne is good. I, he is. I don't think the problem is his overthrows. I I don't think he gets through his progressions fast enough. He is such a one read guy. That's why he reminds me of Kirk Cousins early in his Michigan State career. He never was able to get to that second progression till senior year. And they have. Great weapons, great weapons this year. Like you said, you're unimpressed by Keon Coleman. He's still uh, in the red zone. He is still a nice piece to have. Jaden Reed, great athlete, great body. 
No, they haven't got Jane Reed going at all. Daniel Barker looks like he's going to be a good player. Malik Carr, I, I want to say he might be hurt because I don't understand why he's not playing more. I think he arguably could be Michigan State's best weapon. So I don't know. I I I keep talking about Michigan State all day, but I Friend, I just I I am very concerned for this weekend. I will just say that. Trent thoughts? Uh, nope. I only watched one half, and then I switched <laughs> over to Pitt, Tennessee, because I had money on Pitt. Bad for Trent. Oh, so bad for Trent. Dustin Howard. Trent, that throw that the Pitt quarterback made to get that game into overtime. I bet on Tennessee Trent. I've never. I was like, are you? I, it was one in a million. That guy made that throw on the ball. Was, he was on one leg, falling back. Throws it in. It was unreal. Well, he stopped that game too. He was terrible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm once Slovis went down. That was great college football Saturday. Great yeah, it, it was. It was. Also, I, I don't want to spark this conversation because I'm sure everyone caught some of Baylor BYU. I was, rooting like I was rooting like hell for BYU so that Desmond Howard's final four. Dude, would be how about how about the guys like myself? Two. How about the guys like myself that had Baylor plus three and a half and had the over in that game? That was one of the craziest games I've seen in a very long time. I'm gonna be honest, I fell asleep. Oh, dude, Collins, if you oh god, I wish I watched I watched that. a whole second half and then I fell asleep. I wish you would have seen it, but Oh, I guess well, you saw the second half. So, yeah. what? I don't want to get bogged down by that. That was that was tough. Um, so, wanna... oh, one quick note. One yes. quick note. Quick note. Hawaii plus fifty two against Michigan. It hit. Thank God. Nice. Money on that. <laughs> Hawaii was bad week one. That's on, or week zero. That was a terrible pick. One of the worst teams in college football this year. Yes, correct. The Mundo. Um, NFL, real quick. Sure. We have NFL thoughts. The only thing I here's what I wanted to say. I'm trying to think of things that I was going to say about the NFL. Um, um, the Cowboys looked horrendous. I had Zeke and CD Lamb on my team. I needed seven points to win my fantasy matchup. Neither of them could help me out, so that sucked. Um, I don't think Dak Prescott's good either, and he's hurt now. So good luck to the Cowboys. Fans don't have to play him now. Not not saying that's like a huge deal, but he's out six eight weeks, so he's going to miss the Lions game. Rest in peace and peace, Cooper Rush time, or now the, of course, literally any team that quarterback, Jimmy. Oh, yeah, that's right, Cooper Rush, Central Michigan guy. Literally any team that loses a quarterback this season, it's just going to be immediate, like, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo to the Cowboys? Like, So who knows who the quarterback is for the Cowboys come that week. Um, So the Cowboys look terrible. Um, the Bills Dude, are so did the, the Buccaneers. So did the Buccaneers in all fairness. That game sucked. They that had like a couple. Sucked. They had a couple deep balls to Julio, and that was like it. They had four yeah. goals and one touchdown. Like people they did not. For, people well. just completely forgot that Julio Jones is like one of the best receivers ever. So it was nice to see him like playing well. Um, my biggest thing was from tonight, as far as the NFL is concerned. Uh, I tweeted this too. The I don't know what the deal is with these with these Seahawks fans that like, it looks like these signs they all have the 12 is greater than three in reference to like their 12th man fan base is greater than three as in Russell Wilson. It Rex, looks like, I, I, I think you missed something with the whole Seattle, thing, by the way. What do you mean? I get that. The booing was very funny because that he won them a Super Bowl. He actively for the last two years has been shitting on the city. Oh, well, that that I, I think that's where they're pissed off because it's not like they didn't have the money to pay him or they were going through a rebuild. They wanted to pay him. He just wanted to leave. 
And I basically, and it was basically to go to a bigger market in Seattle, which is weird. Well, nonetheless, I just, it, for a guy, it was bizarre. Well, it was bizarre. The, the 12, the, like those things look like they were handed out by the team or like the stadium. And then these people that show up with their Wilson jerseys with like trader on the back and you see that everywhere, but it just, for a guy that was traded and won you a super bowl. And like, I mean, granted they had the Legion of boom and one of the better defenses I've seen in my lifetime, but I mean, just for what Russell Wilson did for the Seattle Seahawks, it was just bizarre that he was like overwhelmingly booed. And these people that like do this with their, I just think you're a loser if you're like, you're part of that. I mean, it was seemed like a majority. So I saw a, uh, I saw a tweet that said, gee, I wonder if Stafford will get this booed this bad when, uh, he has to come to Detroit. For there might be a parade when Stafford comes back. <laughs> if he, if Stafford, if Stafford comes off. back, and I will one hundred percent be at that game. If when Stafford comes back, if there's anyone within the like two sections to my right, left, below, or above me that boos him, I will get thrown out of that game for fighting. I will do jail time if someone boos him. Like there's no reason to boo Matt. No Stafford. one would ever boo Stafford. At all. Don't so, say no one because people will. I know, I know. I know. People booed Cade McNamara at the Michigan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with By the way, I don't think that's how that – I honestly think 90% of the Michigan fan base does not feel that way. But it was very – I was like – I was laughing. I was like, why? It made no sense. Well, dude, it's just because yeah. these people are they, – they really want it to be JJ. So they're trying to do anything they but can. It, it, it was, like, very obvious on, like, after – the first week that JJ was in media, it was very. It made me. And so I, I, I don't think Matt Demer cares, and I, I don't I actually think that's how the Michigan fan base feels. But I, I, when I heard that, I just started laughing. I was like, "Why would they do that? So yeah, stupid!" Uh, yeah. Any NFL takeaways from this week before we do? I do our Vikings. Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in football. He's nasty, dude. Yep, I don't think that's debatable. I also he don't think so it's so good. By week three, dude, DeAndre Swift might be the best running back in football, too. People He's think- really good. I, I, I want to leave that for Lions, but he – I Look, there was some really encouraging stuff in the run game for them. Um, Yes. But trying to think, other takeaway. I, I said this earlier. I just said the NFC sucks, dude. I said this to Trent before you came on, Rabs. Um, I don't necessarily think, like – can you like on one hand name like the elite teams in this division? I mean, this conference. There's like there's like, there's like two, <laughs> and like, one of them like it's like the Rams and the Cardinals, and they both got blown out week one. No, dude, they Cardinals suck. Cardinals are bad. They'll be fine. They played the Chiefs in Kansas that, City. Their defense. I watched that game. Their defense is really bad. Okay, well they're playing Mahomes and Kelsey and. No, I get that. They'll be better. I. They're not elite though. They're gonna be a team that will struggle to get to 10 games or nine games. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm with you though, on your point, because like the bucks don't look good. The Packers don't look good at all. We'll see how they, I, uh, I, I'm not going to count out the Packers, but the Vikings look good. The Rams, I think we'll figure it out a little bit. They gotta, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Yeah. But like, who's the elite elite team. I'm trying to think like the Niners looked. Trey Lance is not look ready. So yeah. By the way, the Bears are going one and sixteen. You heard it here first. That was that was <laughs> that such, was such a fluke. Oh, there was a guy wearing a bear stuff at the Lions game. That too. was maybe the worst weather game I've ever seen. Yeah, and maybe that's why Trey Lance struggled a little bit. But Trey Lance struggled, and now it's like really, really interesting of a storyline there. 
Am I who am I missing? I'm missing the one really good team in the NFC. I don't think you are because there's no one in the NFC East. There's no one else in the NFC North. There's no one in the NFC South. Well, I, I think the Eagles are going to be pretty good. What's pretty good? Nine wins? No, like 11, 12. I think they can win that. They're really good. I I mean, I their defense did not play very well. And, I mean, you could give the Lions offensive line a lot of credit for that. But still, I still the, my point is, and as we get into the Lions, I don't think it's crazy to raise your expectations for the Lions just based on – the standings within the league. And I'm not saying this Lions team, oh, this team could win a – it seems not capable of winning the playoff game. I After week one and what I saw, and I know it's week one and it's a reaction, I, this Lions team is frisky enough with the schedule they have to be in the Mets in the late late, late part of the season. And, that's, and guess what? That's I still don't – and we can, we can transition into the game. I, I think Goff's numbers look better than what he really did. Definitely. Definitely, he would. He had that real. He had a really nice throw to the chart to get them back into that game. Great throw to the chart. Great throw and catch. But he was awful for the first three quarters of that game. Yeah, and I. It, 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 no, no, go ahead, Colin. Sorry. No, but like so, I, there's a lot of things you like. You, Trent, you can talk about Swift. Is that your your take? But this offensive line looked awesome, um, and that was without Big V. And uh, the, their other guard too, right? Uh, yeah, Tommy Kramer. He was gonna, supposed yeah. to be filling in for Big V, and then they went to Logan Stenberg, who had two back-to-back delay of game. The start of the game, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Falls, yeah, two false starts. Yep. Or false. But, um, the run game looks good. I like the play creativity that they had going. But at the end of the day, like I'm not saying I hate the whole thing like that. I mean, that people are encouraged because the Lions basically did this all last year. So I don't think this like necessarily makes a sign of a change, but I think you could see it offensively that they're just better. They're going to be better offensively this year. The one thing is defensively, I think they have weapons and, and, and the guys that do it, but I, I, I'm Hutchinson's a rookie. People are overreacting to his first game. I, I, what I saw was a guy who was nervous, to be honest. And they played him inside a lot more than I thought they would. Yeah. They didn't get him on the edge as much as I thought they would. And he lost contain early. And I think that was just more nerves. I'm not going to judge him on that. I think everyone's overhyping Malcolm Rodriguez. I didn't like what I saw from our linebackers at all. That's going to be an issue the entire year. Agreed. But Malcolm Rodriguez is a good guy in the run game. They're in trouble every time. The, those little crossing routes, those little things. So I, I, all in all, they the more talented, but I, it feels like the same old, same old. Yeah, it might be. I guess the difference is, and you would agree, is that the 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 schedule is a little different this year, so the situation changes a little bit. Uh, you still have Goff, who started the game three of eight for six yards before finally airing it out a little bit. By the way, people forget he had 11 yards at halftime of the tie against the Steelers last year. I think that was the worst game I've ever seen by any quarterback. But Awful. Uh, that was one of the worst games I've ever watched. I've got a few takeaways. Uh, the game plan on defense was pretty clear. They were trying to rush Hurts and force the ball out quickly. The problem is they didn't have a QB spy, and he just ran his way out of every single problem. They got pressure. I think they had five QB hits, but they only – sacked them once like you got to be better than that. And that sack I think didn't even come till the fourth quarter and it was Tracy Walker it wasn't from up front 
so the pressure was good. Uh, one positive, one huge positive, and this is what Collins was alluding to. If you're, if you are someone like me who believes that DeAndre Swift could potentially reach his 1K rushing, 1K receiving yard goal, he's literally on track after one week. He needs 59 yards per game each, and he nearly tripled the rushing number. And then he'll get the receiving yards when the run game isn't going. Like in a game, I could see him having like you know, 80 or 90 receiving yards, like catching, catching a run against a bad defense or something down the road. But that's something to watch. Cause like he could legitimately do that, especially in a 17 game season. Uh, I think the O-line played well against a good D-line, like Collins mentioned the Hutch reality check. I am not going to get on my high horse and say that he's a boss and all this stuff. Cause that is just, that's unbelievable for anyone to do that. People there's, and, it's all, and guess what? I hated him just as much as the Nets guy at Michigan State because I was a Michigan State fan. And the whole Kenneth Walker thing, that bugged me because I thought Kenneth Walker should have gone to New York. But there's like a weird thing where like people want him to fail. And I'm like, um, he's our second pick in the draft. Yeah. I might he might not be my favorite player. At the end of the day, I, I we kind of need this guy to hit because we're not gonna be in this situation a lot in the next couple of years. Yeah, and that's that's like to that point, I guess it's just like I think it's even asinine to call a guy a bust after his full rookie season, like People weren't really calling Jeff Okuda a bust after his rookie year. He was Okuda like, looked good. Okuda looked great yesterday. Yeah, I'm talking Very about good. after his first year. Uh, the the good news with Hutch is he he literally can't be worse. I mean, he was playing against Lane Johnson, who might be the best right tackle. He was awful. He was awful, though. Yeah. He had one tackle, and I think it was in the first quarter. So, yes, reality check there, but he it, the only way is up. I mean, you can't be worse than that. The drops were bad, but here's my take on this. And I kind of want you guys to jump in here, even though I have a couple more things on this list. If a receiver drops a ball after the quarterback has missed two wide open home run touchdowns, like, can we call that even like if, if a receiver drops the ball, that's maybe not on the money, but it hits him in the hands and you Jared Goff just missed DJ Chark was wide for a touchdown by like 10 yards. I think it's reasonable to like not give Jared Goff such a hall pass. That's all I'm saying. I just, I, I I don't know. Like Ravs, I know you were getting pretty frustrated with that. Like when you're an NFL quarterback, the accuracy just has to be there. And you read all this stuff. And this is where I get myself in trouble as a Lions fan is you read all this stuff about how Hutch, not Hutch, Goff is having a great camp and he's zinging it and he's accurate. And then in week one, like I said, he starts three of eight for six yards. Like it's the same story as last year. It's just dink and dunk slant routes. Can't hit a guy deep relies on penalties relies heavily on the run game, which we knew was going to be a thing, but Ravs, I want you to talk about that a little bit. Cause you, I mean, it was a, it was a motif for you yesterday. It was literally the theme of the game <laughs> for you as a fan. Yeah. I mean, I, I made the announcement last week and I was saying it, all tailgate that I was going to give Jared Goff a chance this year. And I, I think I've just seen enough of, of what he is. And it's a lot of it is just, it comes to fruition in the deep balls that are, you know, two to five to eight yards ahead of receivers that never get hit. And it's like, and granted, this is going to sound so ridiculous because of who, and it's not a comparison, but it's like, I watched Tom Brady when he throws those deep balls, to Julio just, on the money perfect and we're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time so but the point being is just like it's those kind of throws that completely change the game and propel an offense 
forward down the field, no pun intended with the gridiron, but, but yeah, Trent, it's just, you know, and we were like, there were so many plays that I look back on and, you know, little things like Jamal Williams is wide open on a little, you know, dump and go and it's behind them. It's low. And yes, it hits Jamal Williams in the hands. Sure. Of course he should catch that ball, but those are just like routine plays. It's the little things that the lions don't do, whether it's on an individual basis with, you know, it's, it's a drop, it's a, it's a bad pass. It's those little plays that they don't make that keep drives alive or help or, or get them off the field that kills them. And and when I always think back to like when Dan Campbell talks about he's shaking the pants and that last little bit of losing, it's still in there from that standpoint. So to your point, Trent, yes, that, you know, the Josh Reynolds drop, that was a touchdown like that to me, you have to catch that ball. That's it, it's unacceptable. Amon Ross St. St. Brown drops one or two balls, which I guess he had no drops last year. Like, yes, of course. I think at least one of those balls that Goff threw, it's you know, it's behind him. And I, the thing about Jared Goff too, the the balls that he throws, they're so fucking soft. Like there's no zip or just he doesn't sling the ball. It's just these little like, just fucking soft ass throws to these receivers. And like, dude, they're NFL receivers. You should be able to throw the ball on a dime hard into traffic and let these guys do their job and catch it. So to me, it's like, yeah, up until that last drive of the, of the first half, the guys, what three for eight, three for 10 with six or seven yards passing. It's so unacceptable. And what I kept saying all game was they love this, like just this little, like two yard out route to the sidelines that it looks like from our vantage point, when we're, when, when we're sitting in that three eighteen section behind the play, it looks like you're getting a chunk of five to eight yards. In reality, he just throws the ball back to the line of scrimmage. Like at that point, I would rather have you run the ball and utilize your two running backs who both looked very good behind an offensive line that looked very good. So I, it just, I don't know if he's just like not comfortable going through his progression or he really doesn't trust himself that much throwing the ball more than 10 yards down the field. But you have one of the better offensive lines and you had, was he sacked at all, Jared Goff? I don't know if he was sacked one time. I'll look at that. But it's like, dude, you are well protected behind that offensive line. You have to, to make some throws that propel your team down the field feel because it's just you know like we're, we're and it was the story of all last season for me with Jared Goff is like the defense is on the field forever maybe they give up seven maybe they give up three maybe they force a punt but you get the ball back and you guys go three and out so often that your defense is right back on the field and like that matters in the grand scheme of the overall game so it's just like this this Jared Goff revenge tour, prove it year. Look, I wish the guy all the best. I'm sure he's a nice man and I'm rooting for him to do well, but, but you cannot look me in the eyes and tell me that this is the guy that you want to be here beyond this year. He is a bandaid and in truthfully, and this is not, I, I really don't feel like I'm over. Would you not rather have Geno Smith than Jared Goff? Well, that's I mean, easy to say. Right? That's pretty easy to say right now. Oh, they only had 17 points I don't know tonight. about that. Geno Smith played what, like what, one good game in like 
Sure. I maybe that's hyper. I'm a Geno Smith guy. Shout out West. <laughs> but it yeah, just, I get it, your point. I understand. I really do. Point. I really do think that that he he just limits the offense. And I, I and you 100%. have some legit. You have some legit playmakers. And when Jamison Williams comes back too, or when when you first see him, it's you know it, it which is whatever. But but and, and I know I've been going on for a while now, and I I want to let you guys jump back in here too. Big, big picture for me and Collins, you kind of alluded to, like, I don't get where the encouragement comes from. Look, this was, and granted, I said last week on the podcast, I chalked it up as a win, even though for every single weekday month leading into this game, I said that the Eagles are a better team. They have a better roster. It's going to be really hard for your defense to keep pace with Jalen Hurts. And that was exactly the story of the game. And I, I, the Eagles are just better. And the fact that you go down, 17 and we can get into the onside kick and, and the flow of the game, but and it, it's, it's not a moral victory thing as much as it sounds like it, it, it is, but to, to stay in the game and to fight back and to give Jared Goff his credit of leading the team down the field for some key drives, like it was encouraging to me because the only disagreement I had with Dan Campbell in that entire game was the onside kick. We can play the game all day, all day long. Of well, if you know, if they kick it deep and they only get three or they get zero, we can do that all day long. And when the the way that Dan Campbell explained it in his press conference, it make I get what he's saying. Of we weren't afraid to give up three and be down thirteen as opposed to ten. But in reality, Dan, your defense could. I, I think the Eagles punted once, maybe twice. So your defense couldn't stop them from marching the field. So it factually was the wrong decision to go onside there. And as far as like the quality of the onside kick to me, I think they were trying to catch everyone off guard, obviously, and do a little like pooch kick in the air and have someone run under and catch it. I don't know. Beside the point. But I was encouraged by it. I, I really was. And Jeff Okuda played really well. I think Devontae Smith only had one catch all game, maybe if he even had that. He looked good. Will Harris got burned on a deep ball. And like you said, Collins, the linebackers, like there's, they have zero playmakers at the linebacker position. Zero. None of them are good in coverage. None of them get home. Yeah. I mean, like Rodriguez had a couple nice tackles and it was cool to see him in the mix, but they're slower. They're slower than all get out. Like that to me is your biggest problem because they get exposed over the middle of the field so often. And it was so bizarre, like the lack of awareness of what Jalen Hurts can do to you in the first half with this team of like, we kept saying, like, can you spy the guy? Can you spy? the? I don't know who you're supposed to spy him with, but they let Jalen Hurts run all over the field. And yeah, you know, you lose contain, you, you let him get out of the pocket and he, he does what he does. By the way, I don't know how it's legal. His little like bullshit run out of the pocket and like flick the ball out of bounds stuff. How that's legal is beyond me. But my last talking point here before I turn it over with Aiden Hutchinson, I, I noticed it right away, Collins, too, of like, I don't know why he was playing inside so much because I think that Aiden he, Hutchinson... He also he lost contained like four straight times. I was like, buddy, that your job is to keep contained. Yeah, and I, I just think his biggest asset is his speed on the outside and, and is just, you know, being a, a good athlete. So... I don't I don't think that he got pushed around out there like he looked like he belonged it's just that extra level of like at some point and it's it's ridiculous that this is even like I don't even think this should be a topic of discussion because it's not like he was out there getting pancaked and was lost but it's like yeah at a certain point this season 
you're hoping to see like that's a guy that you expect to get home and, and get sacks and and things of that nature. So to me overall, I'm I'm walking away from that game like yeah, that's a game that you you probably could have won. I'm not gonna say should have won because the Eagles were really in control that whole game. And sure, you gave momentum back when you do the onside kick and don't recover it. But the Eagles were in control the whole game. They were the better team with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. I I mean, you're gonna have to. I'm curious to see how how what defenses can contain him because he's all over the field. Granted, he's not a great thrower of the ball, but, I mean, come on. To fight back like that and you lose 38-35, you're right in the game, you cover the spread, the game goes over because you're keeping pace. Like, I I have no hesitations about this team playing Washington next week. Like, I think they're just fine. It's just a matter of those little – again, it's the little things. It's the dropped passes. It's the – Miles Sanders getting stopped at the line on third down, then bouncing outside for a million yards and the game is over. Like those kind of things are losing plays that you have too many of. So you clean it up and I, and you should be able to beat a team like Washington next week with ease. I was, I was totally encouraged by, by the effort. I I really was. Yeah. I want to add one more thing here. I think the bottom line is we all kind of said this beforehand even though Rabs and I did pick a win uh, on the schedule. But the Eagles are a better team on paper. I just thought the home crowd would be a huge factor, which it was. And I'm, I'm going to say it again. I think there was like three or four delay of game penalties, whatever. Point being, if the Lions were going to win that game, it was going to be because of the crowd. And they almost pulled it off because the crowd was phenomenal. But the Eagles are just better. They're probably going to win that division, especially now with the news out of Dallas. So, it's okay. There's wins on the schedule, as Colin said. We we and you're playing in a significantly weaker conference than the AFC. So we reload and we get ready for Washington. Collins, anything else to add? Did we miss anything with this game? Oh, th- yeah. There. I'm sorry. I was listening. Do you see what Nathaniel Hackett did? What kicking a, a 700 yard field goal at the end instead of giving Russell Wilson the ball to go for it on fourth down? Yeah, pretty wild. By the way, yeah, tough look. What Russell was the Wilson? I, I Russell Wilson's still very good. I I think people like forget like he's not Russell Wilson's from like five years ago. He like doesn't run anymore. He's a good quarterback. Yeah, he can, I don't know. He's pretty. He's decent getting out of the pocket and extending. No, he's still bit, mobile. But... but like the thing that made him so great was he was all like he. I mean, he would just. I don't know. He'd pick up all these first. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I, I'm trying to think what else I, by the way, that whole, this is why I hate lions fans. Sometimes they celebrate the dumbest shit. That stupid Brian Baldinger, like a uh, clip of Malcolm Rodriguez throwing down like Jason Kelsey. I was like, cool. They also ran it down our throats for four quarters. So sick. It's just fan service. That's all it is. They- I hate, and I love Baldy. I love him. But like the reaction to that. And Meltem Rodriguez, I think he's going to play a nice role here. Great run stopper. And, and what Dan Campbell said today, they looked at the film, he missed zero assignments. He seems like a guy who does everything right. He's not going to be a superstar here. He's going to be a nice role player. I'm not rooting against Meltem Rodriguez. I liked what I saw. I just hate – that's like the stuff that Lions fans like love. And I, it just bugs me sometimes. I'm like, guys, we need to start winning some games. Yeah, Collins, you're right. It, it's just fan service. Malcolm Rodriguez, whether he's earned it or not, is like a top, literally a top four or five fan favorite right now. Yeah. 
you heard in hard knocks, they were like, his jersey's the second most requested right now behind Hutch. And the Hutch obviously makes a lot of sense because he was a second overall pick and he went to Michigan. But then for Rodrigo to go, it was it the sixth round? To go in the sixth round and be the second most requested jersey on the team. <laughs> like that's it's outrageous on paper. But yeah, I, I ultimately agree with you, Collins. I liked what I saw from him. It's just, yeah. I'm I'm ready to move on from that kind of shit too. Like let's 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 celebrate highlights of a of a win. Like let's not celebrate, you know, guys playing football and little things we saw during the game. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I mean it, it just I, and it's like with Campbell too. Like the honeymoon's over. Let's 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 win some games. Like they have and, and I'm not I'm not like oh fire like I thought it was a valiant effort. I think they're they like playing for this coach. I. I the onside kick, I actually didn't hate. I didn't like the the way it was executed. It was a bad kick. Um, I don't know. So I, I just sometimes it's like I just wish the Lions fans would like care about winning more than just be like, oh, cool, we're the lovable losers. Let's go to Ford Field every Sunday. We're such a loyal fan base. Can we just like, I I, I don't know. Sometimes that bugs me. I hear you. I I want. I have a. I have a quick thought on the off or uh, off the onside kick, uh, before we do the picks. Unless Raps has any last minute, uh, things. Nope. I just. I was seventy percent against the onside kick, thirty percent with it. I didn't hate it, and the reason is this: to anyone who did hate it, and also says, Dan Campbell, they love his grit and his tenacity and his aggressiveness, and you can't have it both ways. I it w- I would be hypocritical to sit up here and criticize him for making that move or making that call, even though you had 19 minutes of football to play, you're only down 10. It's very manageable. Plus you've got the crowd rocking still, and you could probably gain some momentum if you get a stop. And I understand his train of thought. I just, I did not hate it, but I definitely didn't like it, but I'm just, I I just want to send that message out there to anyone who's talking out of both sides of their mouth because you cannot have it both ways. You can't give me Dan Campbell is gritty and you love his tenacity and you love the way he delivers the message to the team, which is grit, and then go out there and be like, that was a dumb call. You just can't do it. Well, I, I, and you know, I, last year I think was, I look at it in a bit of a different light because you knew how bad the roster was. It was year one of, it was year one of your new head coach and your new regime. The roster was not good. And there were a lot of games in there where they like, I, I feel like, and, and, you know, I should, I wish I had some like better examples that come to mind, but I feel like a lot of those plays where he's going forward on fourth down and doing these trick plays and stuff are in games where like, you're not expected to win or you're losing big time or, 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 you know, you're just, like whatever, you know, the position that you're in this, this to me, the reason why I didn't like it is because you're now down 10. You have all the momentum in the world. Like the Eagles weren't really doing anything once you got within 10 and that to me going for an onside kick there. And again, I, I get, there's a, there's a difference between like, I can understand where he's coming from and not agree with it. And I and I, I I get the fact that he was you're down two scores anyway. So whether you're down by ten or thirteen, you're just asking your offense to get a touchdown instead of settling for a field goal. I get it, but like that to me is a losing mentality play. Of we have to get this ball back and go score, and 
versus just like, you know, have some confidence in your team of kick this ball deep. And granted, the Eagles were marching on you all game. So maybe it wouldn't have mattered if they started at the 50 versus the 20. But like that, that to me is a play where you don't get it and the momentum completely swings. And it's like you're in the game. Don't take yourselves out of it by giving them half the field to go march and score. So I don't know. But but again, the, the big I, I just I walk away from that game. And yes, like could the Lions have won that game? Of course they could have. But the, the Eagles are just a better team. They're better. Your defense got exposed. You're you're still, you know, you're still having a lot of the same problems you did last year. I think there were some encouraging pieces to that game. But like this to me, it just feels like a team. And, and if, if anything, if anything, it comes down to you can't sell me that you're not happy with the direction this team is going. Like I just it just feels a little bit different. So with that being said, that's all I have for game one. I'm I'm excited to go back to Ford Field for game two. And I, I have to imagine they beat Washington pretty handedly, like to be honest. So um, if we want to get into it now, if we don't have anything else to add, um, as we do here to wrap up the shows this time of year, we will get to our moral locks, and then we will do the picks where we pick the Lions games. Moral lock standings, Trent 0-2. Trent had Northwestern minus 10 or 10.5 last week. I, think they <laughs> I forgot lost about by that. 10. I think they lost by 10, which was tough. So Trent's no, 0-2. Did, did you see how they lost, Grabs? No, didn't watch it. They were going in to score a touchdown with 20 seconds. They fumbled on the one-yard line. Oh, really? God, that sucks. <laughs> I I have moved to one and one in my mortal locks. Mine was not much better with the Notre Dame fighting Irish minus 20 and a half, and they get their pants <laughs> pulled down. It's way worse. They lost outright. <laughs> yes, and they – well, no. Well, <laughs> Northwestern lost outright too, but yes, Notre Dame was worse. I, I apologize. I don't – I look at gambling, and I don't – it's one of those things. Like everyone loses picks. Everyone loses. That was irresponsible to bet that because I and I literally said this last week. I said I want Virginia Tech minus three to be the pick, but I just I won't do whatever. So I that one hit the Virginia Tech killed Boston College, but nonetheless I screw everyone on Notre Dame. Ryan Collins with the pick of a week. Uh, Kansas State minus seven and a half. They smoke Missouri at home. So um, good pick for Collins. He's two and zero. Oh. I know it's early, and here's the little bit of disclaimer. You have to keep in mind that we're recording this on Monday. Some of these lines for these college football games aren't even out. So, <laughs> I mean, take take it with a grain of salt, perhaps. But we're here anyways, so we're going to do the mortal locks. And we can do – I guess the rules we've put on this, it's either college or it's pro, and you get one of them, and – that's it. Let me do the picks. Does anyone want to start? Anyone feel passionate? I can start if we want to. I got one. I don't care if you want me to. I'm all in two. We might as well just get out. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Ravens minus three and a half against the Dolphins. It's in Baltimore. Everyone's high. Love that. I love that. Trent. that. That line last week against the Jets minus six and a half. The Ravens were was the easiest line of the entire week. I said that out loud, too. I didn't take it. Like, I dude, I mean. Are you are you kidding me? Lamar Jackson is not gonna is not gonna beat the Jets by more than a touchdown. Like even if it's ten. Like come on. Like the Jets suck. They got Joe Flacco. People are doing this weird like oh Joe Flacco revenge. 
No, it is not Joe Flacco. <laughs> it's been a decade. He's washed <laughs> up. He's wearing number 19. Bad, bad, bad quarterback number. Ooh. Bad. Unless you're uh, so bad. Didn't Tony Mont? No, Tony Montana. What the hell am I thinking? Didn't didn't Montana wear that number? I think he was 14, wasn't he? I don't know. It does. I just my, my dad would be 16, 16, 16. I think he was 19 on the Chiefs. But here I am proclaiming yes. that I'm great with jersey numbers at the beginning of the episode. Then I completely butchered that. But anyways, nonetheless, Ravens minus three and a half against the Dolphins is my human. Mortal lock. Your human lock. It All right. Baltimore. I like it. Basically means they're saying the Baltimore Ravens are only favored because they're they're at home. I think that's ridiculous. So give me the Ravens. I like that. I'll go next. And I just looked at this. Fo- the, I'll, I'll tell you, and this is going to allude to what my pick is going to be for the Lions. The Lions are opened up as a two and a half point favorite. That could be my mortal lock. But I'm going to move on from that. I was looking on the ESPN app, and this team that I'm going to pick on the ESPN app, which is not an official betting website, obviously, so I'm going to go with what I just took them at at, during this podcast. I just booked it. But on the ESPN app, this team is plus one as an underdog on the road. I am taking the Purdue Boilermakers minus one, because that's what I got them at on the Barstool Sportsbook. No free ads, but whatever. I'm taking a minus one at Syracuse. I understand that Syracuse is 2-0, they play in a all-time bad stadium. I don't like there's like a weird caveat of people that really like that dome they play in. You just like I, Buddy, the I Syracuse, need, if there's any if Will Jersey listens to this podcast, you might be dead. I need to see some respect for the Big Ten and the Purdue Boilermakers. Why like, would you have any respect for the Big Ten West? It sucks. Well, I don't I just look at they had a hard fought game against Penn State week one. They Blue play it. Indiana State or whoever they play, the team that the school that Larry Bird went to, and they dominated that game. I just have to imagine that, like, they win. The, it's essentially a pick them at minus one at that point. Like, they got to win that game. Actually, you know what? I think I have Purdue money line. I have Purdue money line as the pick because it's minus 110. It was minus 107 to win by one. I can just, I can already see them winning by one, and I would be just furious with myself. Purdue money line is the pick. In in Syracuse in the dome, that's it. Okay. Um, I, I'm going back and forth. This is the first time I've kind of looked at it. I'm going to take state this weekend because I'm a sucker, and I, I, I and I just I love them. That's not my lock. Um, I like USC at ten thirty on Saturday night. Yeah, minus thirteen, and that's yep. Fresno State. Yep. I think USC, State if you watch that Stanford game, it wasn't as close as the score indicated. Um, they can score it well, so I don't think 13 points is a lot. Fresno State, I, I want to say they beat Oregon State. No, they lost by three at the end. I, I When I went to bed at that game, they were in position to win that football game. So yep. Fresno State's like no slouch. So there's a, and Oregon State, a I mean, they one killed one. Boise. I don't know how good Boise is either. It's early in the season. But... I would expect Caleb Williams and, and them to wrap this thing up by a half. I, 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 it's hard for these group of five teams to go back to back weeks against power five teams. But we saw Appalachian State do it last week. After unbelievable. UIC, yeah. Beat Texas A and M. That's another game I would keep an eye on. But I, I, I'm my mortal lock is going to be USC. But another eye on for all the people out there. Western Michigan is playing at home against Pitt. Mm-hmm. You guys see this? Yeah. 7.30 plus 10.5 in his pit with, a, I believe, a backup quarterback. 
That game's gonna be tight. Watch out. Even though I'd never bet on Western, I'm a chip. But um, yeah, I, uh, I I I was gonna pick that too, but I didn't realize. I forgot that Slovis is out. So fading that. Maybe. I would also watch out for Toledo plus thirty one against Ohio State. Toledo's not a good quarterback. Actually, a Mister State from the state of Michigan, Daquan Finn, good player. Nice, Collins. What are you taking USC at? So I can just write this down. Minus thirteen. USC minus thirteen, and Trent, you're taking uh, the Ravens. Ravens That's minus three and, three and a half in Baltimore, home of Carmelo Anthony. All right, shout out. Okay, let's do the picks. Everyone's two and zero on the picks. The game went way over. The Lions covered the four and a half. Um, we all had the exact same picks last week. So Washington Commanders at the Detroit Lions. Uh, at Ford Field on Sunday, the line is currently in favor of the Lions, minus two and a half. The over-under is at 49. Um, Trent, let's start with you. I can see this line growing just because, like, I'm talking, like, by a point, just because, like, people, if anyone watched the Lions, like, they're getting a lot of national love for a hard-fought loss, like Marcus Spears and uh, someone else I saw was just, it might have been Damian Woody, I don't know. Just tweet no, like I don't. They're gonna get some love. There's gonna be some money coming in on the Lions, so I think it might move up a little bit. But I'm still gonna take them to win because I think they win this game wire to wire, and I think they probably win it by like seven. Um, so I'll take the Lions to cover. What is the over under? Forty nine. I'll take the over. I'll take the over. I think this is another game where the offense just kind of, I don't want to say has their way, but like this offense. If they go to the film room and just say, hey, Jared, you got to go down the field a little more because DJ, I think DJ Chark is the most untapped guy on the roster right now because we know what St. Brown can do. We obviously know what Swift, Williams, Hawk, all these guys. DJ Chark, granted his first you know, target was a drop, but he's going to get some targets in this one. I like him for another touchdown. I'm just rambling at this point. I like the Lions to cover and I like the, I like the over. Bottom line. Um, I like. I think the Lions are going to win this game, but I think it's going to be and at this line. I think the Lions win 20 to 17, so I like the under. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I just think it'll be – I watch a lot of that Washington game because it was on red zone a lot. Wentz is going to throw you a pick or two. Yep, you just got to make. He's also going to make an unbelievable play. He's one of the most up-and-down players in NFL history. So, um. I don't know, and I think I think the Washington defense is a little bit better. I I think the Lions secondary is gonna have issues with this Washington wide receiver core. Washington has good wide receivers. Sneakily. They do sneakily, and I think I, I don't know if I said this on here. I love Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Yep. He had a re- he had two touchdowns in Week One, but like he, he he's been a nice weapon for them. I mean, I love Terry McLaurin. He's awesome. He catches everything in sight. So I don't know. I I, I think this is gonna be a tough game, but I think the Lions. I would be shocked if the Lions don't win this game. I really would be. But I like yeah. the under. I think it's yeah. a this, slower this is, game. This is uh, all Lions for me with the with the points. So I'm going to take the Lions big time. Um, there is that part of me, Collins, where I can, I can see it being one of those like weird tight games, even though I think the Lions will be in control of this game the entire time. Um. I, for whatever reason, I have this faith in the Lions defense that like, I think that just starting the season off with Jalen Hurts being the running quarterback that he is, 
And I mean, yeah, granted, you're talking about good wide receivers. I mean, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, like, I mean, that's that's a pretty damn good wide receiving tandem. Plus, you throw Dallas Goddard in the mix. So um I would I would like to think that the Lions I would like to think that the Lions can keep that Washington offense under control. So I'm actually gonna go under two. I'm gonna go under, which gives Trent a chance to pull ahead here. Um I I do think the Lions will be able to score. I hope they keep that same type of momentum. I for whatever reason, I just think that this Lions defense might show you something a bit better here without the threat of of a of a true running quarterback. And I think that'll help him make make him look a lot better. And I'm not a huge Carson Wentz guy. I don't think he's as pitiful as some people make him out to be, but I will take the Lions minus two and a half, and I will take the under 49. And those are my picks. Cool. Any Very cool. Or nothing? We wrap it up. No, let's let's have the picks, not the picks, the mortal lock replace the trifecta for a bit. Oh, we'll come, it'll come back. It'll come back after football season. Yeah, but good call. I got I got to let some thoughts kind of simmer a little bit. I, I've been running yeah. out of material. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, fellas. Well, that is going to be it for today's episode of the Motown Rundown, our first Lions Monday podcast of the season. Uh, for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, suggest topics for the show. Join the conversation about the Lions on our Twitter at Motown underscore Rundown. We're also on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Do not miss a single episode of the show during Lions season. We are going every single week. Um, hopefully is probably as early as Monday if it ever happens, but um, definitely by Tuesday, new episode for you, breaking down all things Lions. Uh, we are currently just on Spotify at the moment. Go follow us. Give us five stars. We'd appreciate it. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.